welcome to the parental advisory movie podcast i am your host jeff hall and with me as always my amazing co-host patrick terry and patrick we have a guest today look at us all right yeah even <laughs> even uh as we are apart we uh we're nice enough to be uh to have a guest join us this week which you know it's been a while since we have one so this, this is gonna be awesome um Ladies and gentlemen, I spoke to this person. If you listen to my uh, other podcast, Time to Wind Down, um, then and have listened recently, you will. You this person will sound familiar. Um, he has a podcast called the Sunday Music Soapbox. Ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages, please welcome our guest Chad Pitznik. Chad, welcome. Hey, hey, honored yet again. Thanks for having me on here, Jeff. Yes, thank you, man. It's gonna um, be fun. Yes, um, I'm so glad that uh, we were able to get this worked out, and even within a decent time period too. Because <laughs> yes. scheduling for me lately has been kind of hmm, hit and miss. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us. And um, real quick, kind of let people know what your uh, podcast is about and what you got going on. Okay, um, I've been a, a, a drummer for for many, well, several decades, and a music educator, teacher. And I've uh, been in public school, private school, teaching music, and I currently live in Nashville, where I teach rock band at Bellevue Middle School. And um, a friend of mine named Matthew Krauss runs an amazing uh, podcast called uh, Drummers, uh, Working Drummers Podcast. And it's been going for a couple of years, it's going really well, and I've been listening to that. A couple of their friends have podcasts, and I have all these musical stories to share about uh you know, memoirs about whether it be, uh, you know, from the hundreds of concerts I've been to from, from childhood on up or shows that I played or people I've met. And, um, you know, I'm like, I need, I need an outlet for this. And, um, I also have some, some viewpoints where I feel like I, you know, some, some, some episodes I want to get up on my soapbox, not, not be annoying and preach per se, but per Mm -hmm. se preach about, you know, this, the youth movement of music and how, you know, talk about those things, or if we, you know, something strikes me musically in the conversation, you know, hey, you know what, that's one thing, you know, that I sound like an old geezer half the time, you know, <laughs> you know, in the old days. Exactly. You know, but no, not necessarily, but, you know, being aware of today's music and, and really excited about the youth movement and, and things that are going on with various bands. So I'm like, you know what, I, I want to talk about this and get this out there as an outlet. And I, kind of a, just a simple low budget thing with on anchor and i i enjoy the app um sometimes the processing has some bugs in it but uh yeah I've got four episodes out and and uh got a, got a list of people to to interview uh going forward we just have been busy with summer projects but uh, i love it it's been great it's been great to share the stories of music awesome dude that's amazing and um real quick because I'll be bad about this towards the end because I'll be like, wow, we're almost done. And then I'll forget, go ahead and whatever, plug um, your uh, social media stuff where they can find you and all that. Yeah. So uh, Sunday music soapbox is on Instagram, but that, you know, you can find that it's on all the, you know, it's, it's basically the cool thing about anchor is, you know, most people do Spotify or iTunes, but anchor is cool because you can use music samples. So my last episode I did with this really cool guy, named joe waller he was a pro skateboarder guy from ohio and he's a drummer guy and his band played on the warp tour 
and I was able to put some cool skateboard music, you know, in between the tracks, cool. and, yeah. um, which like iTunes or Spotify won't let you listen to because of licensing. But if you listen to it on Anchor, you can hear all that cool stuff. So that's why I try and send the Anchor out. But anyway, Sunday Music Soapbox, um, three words, and uh, it's on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and uh, my Instagram is CP Drumming. And um, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, website cpdrumming.com and uh, do the podcast, do do a lot of drumming, and do do some a uh, lot of serious background acting as well. Awesome, and which to which we will get to um, later on in the episode too, because we definitely want to hear about um, what you've been on, um, experiences you've had, and all that. So yeah, we will sure. definitely get to that. Um, that'll be something people have to wait and listen to. Dun dun dun. <laughs> right, Cliffhangers and stuff. You know, that's how, make that's how, Yep, that's how you get people to stick around. Hopefully. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if my rewards will be so special for the wait, but we'll see. It'll be all right. It'll be better than <laughs> listening to us. Ram- at, at the very least, it'll be better than listening to uh, Patrick and I ramble on about whatever. Yeah. And let's face it, it me ramble. Patrick doesn't ramble as much. <laughs> so much better than me on that. Um, so, uh, you know, so we're going to start off like we do every episode uh, with what's new. Um, so we'll start off with our guest, Chad. Um, what's new with you? What have you got going uh, on? Like what's going on in general? Yeah, just in general. That's, this yeah, is kind I, of our I, uh, in general. We just kind of let people know what the two of us are up to. And then yeah, we well, move on I, um, you know, the whole music industry is on at, at, at kind of paralyzed right now, although Nashville is just now starting to come back around and have a little bit of live music and yeah. starting to come alive a little bit. Thanks. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I didn't know that was coming. So I, I have a friend who bought a house uh, down in Brunswick, Georgia, and it was a, uh, a structurally sound house. Let's put it that way. But the house needs a lot of TLC. There's, there's a great pool. There's a pool house that had flooded at one point and it just smelled like mildew and must and mold oh. or whatever in there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down and, and, and help out. Uh, and she moved down there and got, got help out for a couple of weeks and, uh, you know, get some work done, get some exercise, you know, and, and been doing everything from, uh, you know, learning about how pools work and pool filters and, and uh, shocking the pool. I actually thought that meant like using electricity at one point. I didn't know, <laughs> you know. Like, no, you shock it, it with be... acid and chlorine. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, learned all that stuff. Been to Home Depot a million times mm-hmm. the last two weeks. And, um, but, you know, just getting ready to head back to Nashville. The, the music is starting to kick up again. And, um, I'm going to go, uh, check out my brother, uh, Eric is been in national guard for like, I want to say like 30 years. And, um, he just became Sergeant major a while back. He's going away for deployment in Kuwait. So he's having a deployment party, uh, next Saturday. So I'm going to make my way back to Nashville this week and then make my way up to Ohio to uh, my brother's uh, deployment party. And that's, wow. that's what's going on with me right now. And then I hope to get back to Nashville and, and get the drumming going and get the music stuff going. And then of course, teaching rock band, um, you yeah. know, and end of July, early August. Yeah. You might want to stay from, stay away from kid rocks apparently. <laughs> yeah. I saw that picture. I speaking of. Uh, oh man. And the There's, funny thing is I saw, I know it said, kid rock but i wasn't i don't think i was fully awake or whatever and i saw kids rock so for whatever reason my mind went to the kids rock marathon i'm like they're not having that this makes zero sense and then (laughs) she's 
She was like, yeah. And then my wife's like, yeah, Kid Rock. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, and that and that that owner, everybody's giving him beef for like you know opening a bunch of different places and not you know social. Di- it's we're gonna see. You know, I, I'm I'm not out there full swing yet with a mask yeah. off. I mean, I'm I'm still going into Home Depot with my mask on, and yep. I, I've gone to a couple of bars and restaurants with the mask off if it's six foot and there's right right there's a restaurant hard way anybody around. Um, but you know, and then you get home, you're like you're like oh, should I wear my mask? You know, you yeah. <laughs> get into that right. kind of like. Uh, but you know yeah it looks pretty crazy there uh, it is it's it's something and i don't know about your the home depot where you're at but i know like the home depot and lowe's um at you know out, out where i live it's they're few and far between if you're not an employee there's not a whole lot of people going around wearing masks inside of lowe's or home depot yeah and i'm yeah. like mm. and a lot of them are like older people and i'm like oh we're like the most at risk yeah <laughs> right. yeah used to have one you know. but all right i mean yeah we'll see what I happens can't, i mean all i could do is take care of me and mine i can't help others if they're not willing to help themselves i guess yeah so patrick what's new with you buddy uh well this week continuing as far as trying to stay keep my mask on when i'm out in public uh at work i've noticed some on the floor i work uh some of them don't even wear masks they They'll wear masks when they come out of the unit, but when they're inside with patients, they still kind of walk around with it, kind of when their nose is exposed or, yeah. you know, I'm just like, all right, you're going to wear it, wear it, right? Yeah. <laughs> or just don't wear it. Yep. But, um, and then uh, for the last week, I've been heavily pushing me drinking more water since I haven't been really exercising. And um, so the last three days, I was able to do a full gallon for each day. Okay. Not wow. easy. Yeah. Of course, I've been running to the bathroom a lot. Yep. Um, uh, I got my jug right here with me, this big old gallon jug here. I'm way behind today, but you know, the weekend's kind of like my, you know, lay back. Yeah. Kinda, don't push too hard, but next week, well, tomorrow I'll start back again. Okay. And, um, of course, trying to watch, uh, find some movies to watch. I did watch one. I had a second one to talk about, but had internet issues. And, um, then I went back to an old series that, you know, since I watched the first two episodes, I went ahead and watched the third, so I finished that. <laughs> Not talking about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. I, I, you know what? This week it's been like a blur of a mess. Like it's, it's seriously been crazy. <laughs> to be honest, like it's just been. Like I barely remember this week. That's I'm not really because it's gone by at, yeah. by any means. It's just I don't really remember everything that's going on. Um. <laughs> I finally got I got arrangements at least as far as um us you know about us going down in July um for my grandfather's ceremony um so and you know I talked I actually got to talk to my mom for a little bit and she's seems to be doing better um I actually talked to them probably not even an hour ago and uh they were getting ready just to go for a little bit of a drive just her and my grandmother so that's good because that's something the three of them would do um my mom and both my grandparents would go for Sunday drives. Right. So it's good that they're getting out of the house and they're doing things, you know, right. um, I had, God, there's just been so much and I'll be honest, there's just been so much just shit going on. Um, just, you know, in the world in general. So oh, yeah. it's been hard for me to kind of want to focus on anything serious. And yet I find myself when we get to talking about the movies, 
I really only watched one movie um, this week. I kind of been watching a lot of more TV. Right. Um, you know, I've been my go back. You know, I've been going back and just I just go back and watch The Office. If anytime I need something to kind of cheer me up, I watch. I mean, I, lately I've been watching just watching reruns of The Office, and you know it seems to work. But yet the one movie I watch is like the one movie I'm like. I need to find something more cheerful to watch. I can't really be watching this. And I picked the one thing I'm like, yeah. but, yeah. um, and I've been stressing trying to figure out issues with routers and Wi-Fi because I'm not of that world. I haven't been of that world in over 20 years when things were simple and everything was wired. <laughs> right. When we didn't even have wireless. Um, cause I'm trying to get our, our, our studio fully functioning to where we can do these so far. So good tonight. Um, but you know that's been something that's been stressing me out, and um, Grayson did have her um, excuse me recital pictures this week, so that was cute, and that was fun to see her in her various nice. different outfits. Um, she is having a recital outdoors um, at the owner's parents' house, so that because that way they can socially distance properly, and they can still have the recital. You know, people aren't out a bunch of money on outfits. And, you know, the kids aren't out missing, you know, basically all this time for the past, like, eight months. It's just not for nothing. So, um, so that's, that's exciting. And then um, York and I have been trying to, you know, we've just been playing on Fortnite. And I'm apparently getting better, so I'll take it. You know, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we also, you know, rode scooters and we Ruth found a pool. I forgot where at either bargain hunt or big lots or somewhere. I don't know. She found one for like $4 and it's not very big, but it's big enough for the two kids to get in and get wet. And for right. four bucks, I mean, yeah. So they've been in that for the past couple of days. Um, that's really about it. Um, for me, can't really think of much else. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, I guess we ought to go ahead and get in. Oh, and um, I'm giving all our listeners a heads up. Um, my wife, Ruth, gave me a, uh, made me a Moscow mule that's, you know, strong enough to literally kick my ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, so tonight will be fun. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Chad, um, what have you been watching or what have you seen recently that, you want to t- that you'd like to talk about? So uh, two things, one of which being a music person, um, and then, I, you know, I, I, I didn't really know the story, but uh, it's called Mystify, Michael Hutchins of NXS, oh, yes. the band from the mm-hmm. 80s and that early 90s NXS. And, um, you know, great band. And I, I remember, um, you know, before they really got in the mainstream, they had a couple of tunes that um, were did well. And, um, you know, I remember them kind of on the same kind of path as you two at the same time kind of thing and accessing you two about in the same ball field and kind of, um, and then, you know, I I know about his, his, well, you know, his tragic death, but there was some, you know, Oh, you know, you heard what he was doing and and, and there was some kind of um, some things that people said about what happened to him that, that weren't necessarily true. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I heard that he, you know, well, Anyway, long story short, the documentary Mystify is a beautiful uh, documentary, well done and um, very well done about, tells a story about Michael, 
growing up, but it also talks about the band and how it progresses and Michael's uh, things with his parents and his, his, his parenting, um, you know, very, um, as you could guess, with some rock stars and that have, you know, some, some troublesome times, you know, the parental units not really intact there and it's, it's yeah. a very unique situation. And so you learn about that which some of the things you didn't know. And then um, I also didn't know that Michael Hutchinson had um, a serious head trauma. And um, I had no idea, um, you know, because when he, when he passed away, I was like, what he's on, you know, he's amazing. One of the greatest new wave singers and one of the most famous bands, you know, what happened? And I didn't know that he had this head trauma and he was just in, in, um, where is he, Rome or Italy somewhere, and he's eating a piece of pizza on like a scooter, just sitting in an alley with, the, with his girlfriend. Yeah. And some taxi cab driver came up and screamed at him and pushed him over, and he hit his head on the concrete, and he had a, a traumatic brain injury. And he, from that point on, he couldn't smell or taste anything. Wow. And, and, and he's in, and if it's some of us like, oh, I can live with it, but you know, imagine like he, he's one of those. He reminds me of, of kind of Jim Morrison of the Doors. You know, he, okay, if you yeah. watch if you watch the thing, he's not as far out in outer space as Jim Morrison was, but he he's that poetic, you know, sexual innuendo kind of vibe guy. But it seemed like a great person all around, you know, and and yeah. um, and so that that's I was watching that and that was really excellent. I was really. Uh, uh, captivated by that entire thing, so check that out. Um, Mystify Michael Hutchinson excess. Mm-hmm. That's that's on Amazon Prime, and then um, then I watched uh, Troop Zero on, oh, yeah. on Netflix, and uh, adorable. Anything about girl power, I'm all for it. You know, uh, a little ragtag group of girls who uh, want to. You know, one has a dream about you know going to outer space, or she's fascinated with outer space, and she has this. She's a dreamer. And, you know, uh, some of the girls are a little rough around the edges and they put this team together to try and compete in this little pageant thing. And it's, it's set in, uh, you know, kind of rural 1970s Georgia. And, and it's a great, it was super cute and, and, a, and a great story and a, and a story about friendships and standing up for each other and things like that. It was great. Yeah. I, uh, Patrick, did you ever get around to watching that? I can't remember. Uh, I did not. I haven't. Yet. Okay. Okay. Because I know I had, and when uh, Chad told me he was, um, that that's one of the movies he wanted to talk about, it's like, oh, that's great, because I said, I think I'm the only one that's seen it, and it's uh, it'll be good to get somebody else's view on, on what they thought. Because when, I, when uh, I originally talked about it, I talked about how it's a great movie for, for like, kids of all ages. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's, like, it's a good movie, you know, for boys and for girls. I mean, it's a girl power movie, but it's one boys can like too because they they still do some like antics, you know, there's some shenanigans that go on that boys would like, you know, as well. Yeah. It's just Definitely. that it's girls doing it instead of boys. And it's funny. Yeah. Well, there's one boy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> no, that's you're right. There is one boy in it. I almost forgot about that. And it's, it's, um, it's definitely like a family vibe. If you, if you, if you're okay with the, you know, with the occasional, slight profanity word and 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 this and that but it's it's all done very well and very you know not derogatively or uh you know it's any anytime there's there's a there's a a word that comes out or something it's it's uh 
you know, in a good situation and, and it kind of the right timing where it's not like, you know, derogatory necessarily. It's, it's, yes. a, it's, a, and there's not a lot of it, but it's, it's a great, uh, it's a, it's a good one. I, I, it has, it's got a great independent film vibe, but, uh, it's, it's, it, I think it, I think it's suitable for many more audiences than just the independent film audience. Okay. Have to check it out. <clears throat> Yeah, um, good good actors in there too. You know, in, and you know what it kind of reminded me of? Did you ever watch uh, True Beverly Hills growing up with uh, yeah. Shelley Long and Ginny uh, Lewis from Ginny Lewis and the Watson Twins? I did not. Okay, it's actually really good. It's it's a lot like this, except it's about a bunch of people that live in Beverly Hills that uh, that try and earn merit badges, but the merit badges they earn are like ones they made up like shopping, you know, and stuff like that. So when, so when they have to go and, and earn real badges, like in camping and actual camping, yeah. it, uh, you know, they have to try and use their wits and try and, um, use what they've learned just from, just from, you know, being, I don't say shelter, they use some of their skills from what they've done, you know, from what they've learned into winning this camp thing. I'm trying to think of who else is in it. Hold on. I remember Shelly Long's in it. And oh, this, the, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Rosita from Will and Grace. The mate, uh, Karen's mate. Okay. She's in it too. Um, I want to say this is like from uh, 1989. Oh my God, I'm right. Craig T. Nelson's also in it. Um, she He plays uh, Shelly Long's husband. Is her name? Cool. Oh, Carla Gugino's in it. Huh. Who knew? Uh, yeah, a soon-to-be-divorced Beverly Hills socialite is determined to prove her husband and herself that she can finish what she starts out to do by becoming a den mother to a troop of Beverly Hills uh, Girl Scouts. So hmm. It's cute. It's fun. Um, my brother and I used to really enjoy watching that movie growing up. And it's possibly, um, possibly uh, where somebody might have gotten an idea for this one. Yeah, and maybe. And uh, no, but I really, yeah, and I really enjoyed it though. I so, and that's kind of what it made me think of when I was watching the Troop Beverly Hills, uh, or I mean not Troop, um, Troop Zero. That's kind of what it reminded me of. And uh, real quick to go back to your Michael Hudgens to your uh, your documentary you watched. Um, the guy that directed the documentary also directed a bunch of the NXS videos, music videos, um, and yeah. actually some, and actually a couple of the, a uh, couple of U2's uh, music videos as well. Um, let's see, he did, directed, I guess, the compilation of the U2 best of 1980 through 1990. Uh, let's see, NXS's Cut Your Roses Down, The Gift, uh, oh, the one of their live concerts, Taste It Live, Heaven yeah. said, um, by my side, bitter tears, suicide blonde, and then U 2s uh, love it or love town. I mean, so he, and then some in desire. He did the U uh, 2s desire uh, music video too. So I mean, it's, yeah, that was a big one back in the day. Yes. So I mean, he directed a lot of their videos, so that kind of makes sense why he would direct the uh, the doc on this. I mean, it's like the perfect yeah. person to have it. Yeah, it's it was excellent. Um, 
it reminded me a lot of um, the artistry of, I don't know if you are familiar with Jaco Pistorius, the jazz bass player. Sounds familiar. But he, he was a, uh, he's uh, the late great Jaco Pistorius was this amazing bass player who basically redefined the electric bass guitar in the seventies. And there's interviews with Sting on there and all these uh, amazing bass players. And I don't call Sting an amazing bass player, but other bass players. That, and, mm-hmm. um, it reminded me of where it shows you personal things about Michael and then shows a little bit of about the band and the whole picture of Michael's life. And then, you know, his time with the band, you know, as it shows Jocko with it. And in Jocko's case, he, he had a mental illness issue that came up and kept growing and getting worse. And, um, and it, you know, they couldn't really diagnose it very well at the time. And, but it reminded me of that because Michael Hutchins went into this depression after that brain yeah. traumatic brain injury and then there was this terrible, you know, he he fell in love with this woman who was uh, formerly Bob Geldof's wife. And there was this huge divorce struggle and custody struggle between Bob Geldof and his wife and Michael Hutchins. And it was this nasty thing. And and uh, there was just a lot of things weighing on Michael that um, I didn't know about. I had no idea until I watched this film. So very, very telling. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Because I... I'm like I, the only thing I can remember is like, oh, he committed suicide, right? Because yeah, that's all I could remember. I didn't even, I didn't even, I only think I, I'm not 100% sure. I even knew about the uh, about that accident with his with the yeah. traumatic brain injury. That's crazy business. Yeah, and it it, it just he they said he kind of changed. You know, he was kind of a different person after that. But he he had you know he he sunk down went down low and it kind of came back up and then it was just kind of a lot of this, you know, kind of up and down kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, um, yeah, you, you have to see, you have to have to see it. It was, it's a definite must see. Um, okay. if you, if, and, and I, I, you know, I probably enjoy, you know, back in the day, four or five in excess songs, maybe total. And right. I, I wasn't big, but they're on the radio all the time. They're part, oh, of the yeah. mainstream, they're part of the culture. I remember them clearly. Um, and it, it made me want to learn a little bit more. So like the next couple of days after that, I was like, put on Pandora on the NXS channel and was listening right. to, you know, more stuff and like, you know what, this is really good. You know, I listened to more of their stuff. It was like, you know, kind of woke me up a little bit about some of their other tunes and their mm-hmm. deeper catalog. Yeah. You know? Okay. Where did you find that? Like where, how did you watch, like a, uh, did you watch it on yeah. a streaming service? Uh, or? I watched on Amazon prime. Okay, cool. That way if, you, if you're an Amazon prime member, it's free. Okay. That way people know where to find it. Yeah. So, be sure to put that down. So, yep. Yep. All right, all right, Patrick, you're up. All righty. <laughs> so <clears throat> I decided to go back in into the Star Wars uh, series. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I went Don't back. Don't clap to just the... yet. Don't clap just yet. You know what went... he's talking about. Okay. I, w- I went back to the prequels, and I started with Episode One. Um, I actually went. Just... Hey, I got to press this. Are you in a safe space? Are you okay? Is this a cry for help that I don't know about? I almost, when I posted about it, I almost said, no, I don't have a gun to my head. I'm, I'm, I, made, I made this decision of my own will and power. <laughs> this is what quarantine has done to you. Oh, uh, yeah. Bless your heart. I'm there sorry. has to be a it's reason. A... There has to be a reason why this happened. Come on, let's hear it. I'd... Go, go um, ahead and get I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. I want to keep drinking this meal that apparently I need now. <laughs> well, um, I think I mentioned a couple of times on, uh, maybe once on another podcast episode, 
where I've been listening to Nicole Byer and I think Lauren Lampkin or Lampkin. Lauren Lampkin. And um, they went back and watched the whole Star Wars trilogy. So I've been listening to their episodes. And after they got towards, I think it's still going, but they've kind of got a stopping point now. But um, from listening to them, I was like, kind of got inspired to go back and rewatch everything. And of course, you know, episode one was at the bottom of my list as far as how I ranked them. And um, I'm not changing my ranking. My ranking's still the same. However I have it is how I have it. But um, I went to episode one. I watched it Thursday. And for the first time, I didn't fall asleep on it. I actually watched it all the way through. And I still don't like the, the, I still don't like the CGI. CGI is horrible. The acting is horrible. But I, for some reason, I enjoyed it more. <laughs> I was like, okay, that wasn't, it wasn't terrible this time. So I was like, all right. And then, um, so me, me so- and were you sober? Were you sober? I, yes. Jesus. I, I actually watched it. I even watched it after work. I got off work and I watched it. Bro, my hat's off for you. My hat's <laughs> off to you. I, my imaginary hat is off to you. <laughs> so me and, me, and, me and another friend of mine, we're, we're both going back watching them all. She thinks she started before me, but so. Um, You're roping somebody else into this? No, she, w- <laughs> she actually went and watched them on her own before this. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to go back and watch it. This is a cry for help. This might be her cry for help, and you're not realizing this. You're not being a very good friend. (laughs) So, again, you know, it wasn't as bad of an experience the second time. Uh, Well, because it's been a while since I've watched it. Then I went to episode two, and this one felt longer than the actual runtime. Like, I think two was like considered the worst of the prequels. And yeah, that's or, probably the one I could tolerate the most. Except for the last, the last, like, what is it? The first 45 minutes is uh, horrific <laughs> acting. And then you get the battle scene at least. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a big, there's a lot of things I, I, I was watching. I was like, yeah, you can take a lot of this out, make it much shorter. You know, of course the battle sequence was great. And then, well, to go back to, um, was it episode? No. I guess it was in episode two where I was getting all these references from Marvel movies. When um, in episode one, when they were fighting Darth Maul, I was thinking of Civil War when Captain America or Bucky was fighting Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I was thinking about that for some reason. And then they had that battle at the end, and I started thinking about Infinity War when they were in Wakanda, behind the shield, and had you know I was like, okay, I'm getting those references, thinking about that. But um, I yeah, love this when one you bring up better movies than these. <laughs> you know, gotta keep it interesting. <laughs> well, I like how you drew. I like how you drew that connection because my mind is so compartmentalized. Like Star Wars is way, way, yeah. way over here, and I have no connection to the DC or Marvel over here. And that's yeah. really cool yeah. that you made that connection. Yeah, it was just weird because I was sitting there watching. I was like, man, feels like that. Of course, when I watched the second episode, I didn't. I don't think I had any references come from me in that one. I was just thinking, like, you know, the acting is still bad. Um, CGI is a little better, but um, yeah, it was it was just it felt like four hours, not two hours and whatever it was. It felt like four hours. Mm-hmm. And then you know, since I had Wi-Fi issues and I couldn't watch my second movie that I was going to talk about, um, I decided to go ahead and watch episode three, and I finished that right before you text me about if I was ready. So <laughs> they're like, they're like I guess I will pull the gun down. I forgot I had this to do first. <laughs> Um, but, um, I still like the third, I still like Revenge of the Sith better than the other two. 
Um, you like watching kids get murdered? I understand. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I understand. I'm twisted. I kind of, it's bad. It's a horrible it's, scene. It's, 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 it's not equivalent, but it's, you know, uh, um, episode, uh, episode five, you know, everybody says that's the best one. Empire Strikes Back is, you know, a dark twist. Yeah. You know, three, three has that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Give me a break with them. <laughs> but, um, it's crazy. Like that scene, yeah, it's a horrible scene. But when the little kid asks Anakin, what are we going to do because of this? And he pulls out the lightsaber and the little kid jumps. I can't help but chuckle a little bit. Dude, I chuckled <laughs> throughout all three of those just like, the entire time. Yeah, I, mean, I, should, I don't think I should be laughing at that. But I, I laugh. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but still, I think I like this, the third one more because, you know, finally got to the point of Anakin becoming Darth Vader and the last scene with Open one, they're fighting, and then the whole I have the high point, and you know, um, I still, <laughs> um, all the bad things I've heard about these movies, you know, reviews and everything, I feel it. But having watched them so close together, it wasn't as bad an experience when I was watching because I because I had watched them kind of out of order. Like I never watched the first, I didn't watch Phantom Menace in the theater. Um, Me either. I believe I watched Attack of the Clones in the theater. I definitely watched Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and that was the one that kind of got me a little more excited about, you know, because I like the original trilogy. Um, yes. But, um, yeah. But watching them close together, as bad as they are, I was still able to kind of enjoy it and have fun with it. Were you able to learn about trade tariffs? Uh -huh. how, were, you learning, were you able to learn a lot about trade tariffs and how our government has pretty much mimicked their the trade tariffs of uh, of the Star Wars prequel? It's crazy, huh? How much they <laughs> a lot going on now? I'm just saying. I'm just. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they like to borrow from TV for any reason, but I'm saying they don't mind borrowing from TV. <laughs> and that's all I refer to the prequels as the as the uh, trade tariff movies. So yeah, it's a lot of talking, a lot of talking. Uh, talk about trade tariffs, and that's how war started. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, going back to the trilogy, what it wasn't horrible like I was thinking it was going to be. But, um, so, but real, real quick, let's let's find out how let's find out who all here are good dads, okay? Because Chad is a dad, you're a dad, and I'm a dad. Um, we we won't do a show of hands because obviously it's an audio medium, but yeah. show of hands, which. Who else been a good parent and not shown the prequels to their kids? Um, I mean, I think they. I mean, my my kids are eighteen and twenty two, so they've you know, they've. I don't I don't know about Patrick's kids, but they you know, well, Brandon was, Brandon was three, I think, when the when the first one came out. Okay. And I think because of the whole thing, and I don't know, I you know, I, I was excited to get him into it, so and I hadn't seen it. So, I mean, he, he saw it at age, I think it was three, when the first one came out. And then, obviously, we went, you know, could, right, we went me. to those because he was growing up with those. Right. Justin was born a few years later. But uh, I can't say I haven't shown it to him, but they did see them in the theaters when they came out. Okay. Patrick? Uh, my, my daughter hasn't seen him. I want I wanted yeah. to take her to go see uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker 
Well, yeah. Basically, the more recent movies, I tried yeah. to get her to go. But she's like, she thinks that's fine. She finds, she finds them boring. She didn't like Star Wars. Yeah, I get it. Just from the I, trailer, they didn't interest her. So I didn't force her. <laughs> I didn't force so her. this is an interesting story. I so when um, when I uh, when my ex wife and I got divorced, I left the prequels at her house. Like I, <laughs> that, that was <laughs> I left at the house. This is what you get on purpose. I left those there. <laughs> I've the never brought. I've honestly never once brought up the prequels to my son or my daughter. Okay. Not not once. Like seriously, in my mind, they do not exist. Have not, <laughs> have not brought them up. Now, where this may have backfired on me, <laughs> I do believe she may have shown them, or was shown one of them, to him. To, to, um, I'm not sure. So they may have washed it over there. That may have backfired. But he doesn't bring it up. So that's. Fine. But it wasn't. It wasn't because of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good parent. <laughs> She's awesome too. It's just, yeah. I just thought that was. I was like, I'm not bringing. I'm not taking this. You can keep them or toss them. I don't. Yeah. Right. Boy, like the plague. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Sure. Because, I mean, they're just not good. Like, I don't know what happened. Because he's not a bad filmmaker. He realized, he got into a phase where he relied way too much on CGI and not yeah. enough on practical. True. And I know CGI is a little bit cheaper, but I think back then it might have been right, you know, right even. But he was, you know, it was during that time in the in the early aughts, I guess is what they call it, the early 2000s, <laughs> where they're, where, um, the technology of filmmaking was changing so much that he kind of got enamored with the process of using all this new technology instead of, instead of focusing on just making a good story. And I and, think and him making sure to direct uh, his actors well, because he wasn't. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like directing cardboard characters around. And yeah. Hayden Christensen's not a bad actor. No, um, he was in a movie called Shattered Glass where he was really good. Um, trying to think of another one, he was okay in Jumper. I don't really, I mean, he hadn't done much in a while. Mm -hmm. What else has been in the way? Um, I have to look that up, but yeah, and of course, Natalie Portman we know is good, and Ewan McGregor is an amazing actor, right? Um, actually, one of my XYZ favorite movies is uh, Velvet Underground, where he plays uh, I think he played Iggy Pop in that one or an Iggy Pop like character. I have to um, check that out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Velvet Underground is a very interesting movie about that time period of uh, music, um, where they had somebody that was like David Bowie, and I think another one that's supposed to be like Lou Reed. So they didn't like have the rights, kind of like the Outcat to Andre Three Thousand with the Hendrix thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's a good movie. I watched it eons ago. It's from nineteen ninety, whatever. Um, but it's it's. I mean, it's a good movie. I I would definitely check it out the acting's great in it it's just uh it's uh just one really for me per se jonathan reese myers um and christian bale's in it tony collette eddie izzard um 1998 and it was around there um and jonathan reese uh jonathan reese myers plays like the david bowie like character yeah so, uh 84 British journalist Arthur Stewart investigates the career of 1970s glam superstar Bar 
Ryan Slade, who was heavily influenced in his early years by hard-living and rebellious American singer Kurt, War- Kurt Wilde. So, there you go. Gotcha. The, the, the names have changed to protect the non-innocent. Yep. Uh, Todd, Hay- Todd Haynes directed it, so and he's directed a, um, Far From Heaven, I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan movie, where various different people played Bob Dylan. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Carol, uh, Dark Waters, uh, Patrick, that you saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Wonderstruck, a bunch of other uh, great stuff. He's a great, uh, he's a great director. Um, he directed the, I don't know if it's a music video or is it a movie? A uh, music video for Sonic Youth, uh, Dis- Disappear. So Nice. So, yeah, uh, it's a good movie. I would, yeah, Velvet Under, or Velvet Goldmine, not Underground, Velvet Goldmine. That's what it is. All right, sorry, uh, Patrick. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, okay, so we'll go get away from Star Wars now. Uh, but um, considering you know the climate of what's going on now with everything in the news and uh, protests and riot, I went to Apple TV, check out some of the movies that they made available for free, and uh, to watch something I hadn't watched yet. So uh, I watched a movie called The Hate You Give. <clears throat> Uh, that's an older movie, came out in uh, 2018. Uh, originally was released for the International Film Festival in September, and then had a U.S. release in October 5th of 2018. Uh, it's an, uh, 133 minutes, so, you know, pretty lengthy. Uh, director George Tillman Jr. had a budget of $23 million, and in the box office it brought in $34.9 million. Uh, starring... Amanda Sternberg as Star. You have Regina Hall as Lisa. Uh, Russell Hornsberg, Hornsby as Maverick, or Mav as they call him in the movie. You have uh, K.J. Apple as Chris, who plays uh, Star's boyfriend. Uh, Common plays her uncle Carlos, who's also a police officer. Then we have Anthony Mackie and Issa Rae. So it's about <clears throat> Star Witnesses, her childhood friend being fatally shot by a police officer. Uh, and as the only witness, uh, she struggles with the decision of either staying quiet or standing up and speaking out for what's right. So it follows Star. She lives with her parents and two brothers in a mostly black neighborhood of Garden Heights. <clears throat> uh, the, the movie starts off in the earlier years with uh, their father, Mav, giving them instructions on how to conduct themselves when being pulled over by the police. And <clears throat> After, I guess, after an incident involving her childhood friend, Star's mom places her and her siblings in a predominantly white school named Williamson, Williamson Prep. And um, Star at home and Star at school are two completely, two completely different people because, you know, to be in a prep school, she doesn't want to come in and, you know, I guess make them uncomfortable by thinking she's danger or she doesn't want to come off as hood. So she kind of, uh, adopts, I guess, how things are there and just leaves her other life away. <clears throat> so she has a couple of friends and, of course, her boyfriend. Uh, later on in the movie, she attends a party in the neighborhood and runs to her childhood friend, um, Khalil. Uh, they're catching up and talking, and then an argument starts, and then gunshots uh, go off, causing everyone to run. Uh, Star and Khalil, they leave together in his car. He also drive her home, get her home safe. 
um, <clears throat> they do make a brief stop to kind of reminisce on old times. And as they continue their, their drive, they're eventually pulled over by a police officer. Uh, immediately, Star places her hands on the dash, pretty much like her dad instructed her to do when she was younger. And she also insists that Khalil does the same. Even though he's kind of reluctant to do so, he does it. Um, <clears throat> at some point, the officer asks Khalil to step out of the car. Then some back and forth banter, he asks for his license. Uh, the officer leaves to, you know, do his, run his information. And he asks Khalil to, you know, stand still, don't move. But Khalil doesn't listen. He leans into the vehicle, checks on Star. Star's telling him he needs to go back out and, you know, listen to what the officer says. He reaches for his brush and he proceeds to brush his hair. The officer thinks it's a gun, lets off a few shots, shooting him. He goes down and before Star's eyes, he dies. Mm. So with her being the primary witness, <clears throat> you know, of course, it's kind of like what we see in the news today the officers on paid leave. And of course that doesn't make the, the neighborhood happy about that. And Issa Ray plays April. She's part of a organization that I guess pretty much fights against this type of behavior. And they're trying to convince Star to speak up because she's the only witness. And if they want to get things done, she needs to speak up and you know tell her side of the story so they know what's going on. Yeah. But the star, she's worried about the backlash and the consequences because, you know, the whole thing about snitching and and the thing is, Khalil wasn't exactly doing honest work. And there's a backstory they tell in the movie as to why he's doing what he's doing. But Anthony Mackey's character plays King and he's, he runs the King Lord, which pushes drugs in the neighborhood. So if Star were to come out and speak, that would eventually she would reveal that, you know his involvement in what Khalil's doing. And he doesn't want that to happen. And her dad used to run kind of like the um, King's second, second hand man, like his number two, but he got out of that. And um, so she's kind of fighting two worlds. Like she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to say anything because she's worried about what's going to happen to her. Then she knows she needs to say something because of course her friend can't speak for himself because he's no longer here. And it's just pretty much like what's going on now. You know, yeah. it's a lot of, a lot of yeah. things. And um, uh, they do have a scene where there's a protest, things get out of control, and pretty much like how it did in Minneapolis and everywhere else where there have been protests. Um, but overall, outside of that, it is a, it's a good movie. Performance is great. Um, well, it's got a star-studded cast too. I mean, yeah, um, pretty, pretty good cast. I was looking up what the, the director George Tillman Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, directed Men of Honor with uh, Robert De Niro, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, Notorious, the 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 B.I.G. movie. Yeah. So I haven't still watched that yet. Um, he was executive producer on Mudbound and um, Barbershop: The Next Cut. Uh, nothing like the holidays. Um, roll bounce. I mean, he's produced a lot of stuff. And the original. I love roll bounce. And, and all the other barbershop movies, but he hasn't. Um, but director-wise, he's only directed. I see the inevitable defeat of Mr. and Pete, which hmm. I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, uh, sounds awesome though. Yeah, and, and um, I, I one know thing I noticed people that have been reading the book too. Yeah. 
because um, the book's been out for several years too. And it's just crazy. This movie came out in 2018. Right. Like, this movie's two years old and it's still relevant. Like it's never been more relevant than it is now. And that's just crazy. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, also on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a approval rating of 97%. 97. Out of 214 reviews. And um, yeah, like that's one thing that stood out to me. And then, where is this at? An average rating of 8.13 out of 10. Uh, let's see. Can't find it. But uh, basically, they were saying that the movie should have been a movie that could have been, you know, nominated for Academy Award. Oh, it, it, didn't it get nominated for screenwriter? I thought it feel like it got nominated for at least screenwriting. If nothing else. I don't think so, because the, the screenwriter actually, she passed before the movie came out or a little after the movie came out. And let's see. It said uh, it deserved, it the day before. I just read that. Okay. Yeah, it said that, let's see, Scott Mendelson, writer for Ford, stated that the film deserved to be an Academy Awards frontrunner for screenplay. Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if it actually did or not. Right. Hold on. But, um, I'm going to make a check. I'm going to make a Hey, I'm not trying to get off. Uh, George just came in to give me a hug and kiss real quick. I have a question for you. <laughs> have you seen the Star Wars prequels, episodes one, two, and three? No. What? At your mom. At your mom's. The what? The prequels, episode, the older ones from uh, here. Like that's the a, older that's a, ones. That's a that's a microphone. That's what you're talking to. Like the old old ones. You got it. Yeah, like not like the ones from the 1970s, which you. The ones that don't have Chewbacca in it, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Have you watched them at your mom's? No. No, you haven't? So you don't know what, you've never seen Jar Jar Binks in a movie? No. Good. All right. <laughs> That's all I need to know. I applaud you. Hey, hey, love you. Good night. You. <laughs> all right, that answer, answer's been given. There you go. <laughs> Dad of the Year awards goes to yeah. and mom. She 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 yeah. didn't show it to him either. So yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, didn't mean to deviate, but he was giving me a hug and kiss goodnight and snuck in here. I'm like, you know what? Don't go anywhere. I have a question. <laughs> I need to speak to you about something, young man. There you go. And if he lies and I find out later, I'll let everybody know. But uh, he may not remember if he has. But something tells hey. me he has. I don't know. I mean, if he'd seen Jar Jar Binks, I don't think he would have forgotten him. I don't, yeah. I don't think he would still, yeah. No. As I think annoying he as he was, yeah, as annoying a character as it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine if Jar Jar Binks was at any of these protests right now? <laughs> no. people, is the people going to die? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually surprised it didn't pop up in these new trilogy of movies. Right? I'm and I'm thankful for that. I'd rather have E.T. pop in there. That was the only good thing about those trilogies, about those prequels and those... Yeah, pre- somebody, told, somebody told me about that. I didn't movies. see that. I got to go back and see that. Somebody mentioned no, you that. don't. I'll, I'll send you a screenshot. You don't need okay. to go back and have to watch that again. That'll work, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have the internet for a reason. You know how I am about bad movies. I like watching them. Oh. <laughs> I worry about you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess it's my turn uh, yeah, yes sir lord help, on you. <laughs> lord help us all um so 
I, uh, <sighs> so like I was saying earlier, I didn't really feel like watching anything super heavy. So I ended up not listening to my own advice and <laughs> watching something kind of heavy. I don't, I, and knowing that Chad was going to join us, I'd only had intentions of only watching one, you know, only talking about one movie. Yeah. Um, because I want to be sure Chad has enough time to talk about it. And this episode's going to roll along, which is fine. I don't care. Because <laughs> it's not like we have a time limit at all. Um, but I started out, I watched, um, I talked about last week, I was going to talk about a movie called Wild Rose that I originally was going to talk about last week. But after my grandfather passed, um, I decided to talk about Adam Costello movies instead of Wild Rose. So instead, I watched it this week. Um, so this is a super cute movie. It's on Hulu uh, for those that want to watch it. Excuse me. Um, it is about a troubled young, oh my God, Glass, Glaswegian. It's a person from Glasgow, Scotland. Apparently, they're called Glaswegians. Um, woman that dreams of becoming a national country star. So... Uh, Rose Lynn, so hyphenated, by the way, not personal last name, but Rose Lynn, um, she gets out of jail. She has a daughter, so she's not like the best mom, but she's always had this dream, and she's younger. I mean, she's early, you know, maybe early 20s. Um, and uh, she, uh, her parents have been watching after her daughter while she's been in jail. She gets out. And she gets these kind of, I don't want to say menial jobs, but she gets a job as like a housekeeper, excuse me, that works around, excuse me, like in a rich area in Queens, you know, Queens houses. So, but in her spare time, she's at the bars and apparently there's a bar in Glasgow that's like the, a, a spinoff of the Grand Old, Grand Old Opry. And so she goes there and she sings country music and she's actually not, you know, half bad. And her accent, you know, is hidden while she sings, but it's very thick. Um, it's this movie is not for kids. It's definitely not for, I don't even know if it's for teens. I mean, cause the language in it, I think if they took the language out, they could have easily made this a PG movie and made it for kind of everybody. Um, but with the language and everything else in it, they kind of, kind of makes it more for adults, which I think kind of cuts down on a lot of viewers that could, be, that could actually watch the show. That's something I, I, I was actually cognizant of. Um, cause she likes dropping F-bombs kind of like me, but she, but I'm not in a movie or trying to make a movie. Um, it's an hour and 41 minutes, perfect length. It doesn't need to be longer. Um, it could maybe be 10 minutes shorter and just be right at a good hour and 30. Didn't really need to, though. I mean, hour 41 is great. Um, it was made in actually 2018. I remember seeing the trailer for it. I don't remember how long. And then when I saw it pop up on Hulu, I was like, oh, great. I've been wanting to watch this. Um, it's directed by Tom Harper, who directed War and Peace. Um, I guess he's directed some episodes of Peaky Blinders. Um, I love the Aeronauts that's on uh, Amazon Prime directed that too. Um, Electric Dreams, which I think it's also on Prime. It's on one of the streaming. Um, 
but yeah, he's directed a lot of oh, kind of a mixture of TV and TV and, and movies. Um, and uh, anyways, uh, he's actually born. The director is actually from London. Um, the writer, however, is from. It doesn't say, but um, and she's only direct had only direct, uh, written a couple other things before this one. So it just basically follows Rose's. Every time you see her walking, she has some sort of country music on, and it fit. The music does kind of become a background character. I wouldn't say it becomes a character like, like a supporting character in a movie, but it becomes a background character because the music fits whatever she's either doing or going through um, emotionally. So, and you know, it only, but the music only plays whenever she has her headphones on. So it's not like it's, you know, it's playing while she's walking. There's, you know, and only we're the ones that are aware of the music, you know, it's, we're being pulled in to know what she's listening to and what's inspiring her. And, you know, she, she has a lot of um, faults, I guess you could say. So she has a lot of things that she's, you know, she has a lot of issues. She's maybe not the most sympathetic protagonist, but yet you still feel for her. You still want her to succeed. Um, Her mom is played by Julie Walters, who's been in a bunch of movies, most notably, I guess, for most parents that have kids, um, the Harry Potter movies. She plays the Weasley's mother in it, and she's been in a bunch of other movies as well on TV. Um, But I thought most of this movie would might I thought the first probably 30 minutes of this movie would take place in Scotland the in the rest of the, like the rest of the hour of the movie would take place in Nashville. And no, it's like 5 maybe 10 minutes is shot in Nashville and the rest is back in Scotland. So I'm like, "Oh, okay. That's fine. It's just a little more surprising." Um but essentially one of the houses that Rose Queens basically knows somebody that's connected as it goes and was able to help get her some recording time. And so she was able to um, record a track and then she was able to um, basically her mom gives her money to go and try and finally gives in, realize the Rose's dream. And she goes to Nashville. Rose goes to Nashville and basically just takes a tour and goes down Broadway, you know, hits the, it's the various different live events going on. And then one of the bars, Casey Musgraves is actually one of the people singing. Um, I don't know if that was planned or if that was just, you know, she just happened to be down there singing one night. Cause it's hard to tell cause it's Nashville <clears throat> and things like that happen all the time. And where people just randomly pop into bars and feel like going up and singing. Um, but yeah, so she uh, toured the area, went to the Grand Ole Opry Sang a song on the stage acapella. They're like, there was no, oh, wait, there was one person that works there came out with like a fiddle or something or a guitar one. I can't remember which. Um, and played while she was singing. And then after that, you know, she went back home and um, she kept trying to pursue her dream, but like things got better. It, it's a really cute movie. Um, whether you like country or not, I think it's still worth watching. But if you like music, this is a good, I mean, it's a good, cute movie. It's just not one, unfortunately, for kids to watch because of the language. Um, some drug use, not much, but mostly it's mostly language. So um, going from there, 
um, to another movie that's definitely not for kids. <laughs> I watched uh, Spike Lee's new movie that dropped on Netflix. I watched The Five Bloods. Uh, I'm so excited to see that. So I love Spike Lee. Um, I was fortunate enough. I think I might have talked to this when we talked about Black Klansman. Um, I got. I was fortunate when I lived in Columbia, Missouri. Spike Lee came through and did kind of like a did a talk more or less. And I was on like the second or third row. And I had seen 98% of his films. There's still only like one or two that I have not seen. Right. Um, but for the majority of them I've, I've seen. And he's just an amazing director, an amazing filmmaker. Um, this was a movie I really didn't want to watch. <laughs> like I love Spike Lee. And I'm like, I was excited to see this. But with all the shit that I've been, you know, kind of been trying to handle you know, in the past week or two or three, even at this point, um, it's not really something I was in the mood to watch. And I kind of made myself watch. I mean, I just more or less made myself watch it. Yeah. Um, so the five bloods is about four African-American vets, um, that battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam, seeking the remains of their, um, fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped hot, uh, he helped them hide. So imagine a Vietnam movie. Basically, it's um, it's like a Vietnam movie where they return somewhere, and then a return back, you know, to where they fought at, mixed with um, you know, and they're re- reuniting for the first time since being back. Yeah. Mix that with the treasure of Sierra Madre, and that's what this movie is. And it's about um, for the vets plus. Um, so Delroy Windows in it, who I absolutely love as a as an actor. Um Clark Peters from The Wire, who I love. I love um Norm Lewis and Isaiah Whitlock Jr., who is also from the from The Wire. He played the DA that always went she <laughs> kind of drew it out. Yeah. yeah. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he doesn't in this movie. So I'd be dis- I'd be disappointed if he didn't. I, I know, right? <laughs> so I absolutely I my my heart got like three sizes bigger when he did it too. Um, Paul Walter Hauser, which most people know from um, I Tonya, he played the idiot friend. Um, he played Richard Jewell in the Richard Jewell movie. Um, he was in Late Night and he was in Black Klansman also. Um, and then some other you know character actors. And then Jonathan Majors, who plays Delroy Window's son. So it's about the four vets and then. Um, and the one son that go back to try and basically get the gold and collect the remains of their fallen, um, their fifth blood, more or less, their fifth person in their group, um, played by Chadwick Boseman. So Black Panther's in it sporadically. He's not in it a lot. Um, and so it follows their journey. Now, one thing I've really enjoyed that Spike Lee's been doing recently he did in Black Klansman. He did more in the towards the end to kind of add that extra emotional weight um, whenever you left the theater. In this movie, he kind of did it towards the end where he intercuts his narrative film with real-life footage that just kind of adds more um, emotion, um, more, I guess, um, I don't want to say relativity because that's not related i mean makes it more relevant and there we go i guess it's 
um, shows how things from the past are just as relevant now as it was then and right. how, you know, basically history repeats itself and that's kind of how we're doing. Um, so he used a lot of um, footage and then he would put the name of the person, where it was at, the date, like everything. So it just showed you and sh just to show how things from 40, 50 years ago are now coming back and are relevant in today's society. It's crazy how this movie dropped this week, this past, you know, this past Friday, how it dropped this past Friday and how relevant it is to the things that are going on in our society the past month, you know, or so. Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I, I can't get over it. Like, it's just, it's just like, I, you just sit there and you're just watching and you're just going, wow, this is just like, I can't get over how, I mean, I know it's always been there when it comes to race and things, but as far as like the protests and Black Lives Matter movement, all that is just so, it's not, I want to say it's so ingrained in this movie, but it's very, it is uh, prominent, I guess, in parts of the movie. Um, and his storytelling is great. There are parts of the movie that where I had issues with because um, this movie is at two hours and 35 minutes. This movie could easily be two hours. I don't know what it is with uh, people that weren't from, um, I don't know what it is with directors that went to NYU and, and or taught in NYU. <laughs> but between Martin Scorsese and between, <laughs> between Spike Lee, two directors are, are all about making these long ass movies for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. That can be easily cut down dramatically. This movie can easily be an hour and 45 and still be just as, and still have everything in it that needs to be in it to make a strong movie. Right. But there's just so much stuff that could just easily be left out. But yeah, it's, it is good though. I mean, it's not a bad, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is, I mean, strong performances. I mean, Spike's got his vision, you know? Um, so the movie, um, so the names for the characters are Paul, Melvin, Otis, Eddie, and David, which are also the individual names of the five members of the, uh, Temptations. So I don't know if that's, <laughs> that, I don't know if that was the purpose or what, but yeah. And that their fallen blood, who was their leader and inspiration for the others during these days, uh, during the time of the Vietnam War was named, uh, Norman. The songwriter Norman Whitfield produced virtually all of the Temptations music during the time that Motown Records uh, during the 60s and 70s. Huh. Um, the film was originally titled The Last Tour, and it was written by Danny Bilson and, and Paul DeMayo. De yeah. um, it was about four aging white vets um, who were heading back to Vietnam. Oliver Stone apparently was attached to direct, speaking of NYU grads, that weren't for Martin Scorsese, um, and also a veteran, um, was attached to direct at one point, but moved on. Uh, producer Lloyd Levin read in, uh, read in an interview that Lee's favorite film is The Treasure of Sierra Madre, there you go, and thought that uh, Lee would, be, would appreciate the similar elements in uh, the last tour. Uh, turned out to be true, which is, um, so he and his co-writer, Kevin uh, Wilmot, rewrote the script to make it about uh, for what you know to make it about black soldiers instead 
Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's other tidbits. Um, it'll be the first Netflix film to screen at the uh, Cannes Film Festival in three years. Um, there is con- controversy is stirred about stirred up after Netflix screened you know their films at the 2017 festival over in different differencing policies about streaming versus theatrical releases, which is just. I think that's just uh, directors kind of get in filmmakers just kind of getting petty, right? Like, what's well, going to be in theaters, or else you know. Dude, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Who the hell cares how it gets released? True. Um, so basically, Netflix had then subsequently withdrew their films from the vest- from the festival for three years. But you know, spiking and be about that, you know. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> this right. movie's going to be. Um, so I'm taking my movie here. Give it hell if it is from. But yeah, it's a. Uh, but no, it's. Uh, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, but it, it it is it is it is long. I did and I did watch it in two uh, in two increments, I guess. Okay. Because um, I started watching it last night, I knew I was going to fall asleep, so I watched you know and I picked it up earlier and finished watching it. Um, but no, it's it is very good. Um, cinematography is actually pretty well. Once because I watched part of it on my iPad and watched the second part of it on uh, on the TV. So. Once I put it on the team, I was like, oh, yeah, look at the scope of this film. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny how that works out. Yeah. But, no, it's it's really good. I would, I would definitely recommend, um, recommend this movie just not to um, – if you got teenagers that are kind of used to – you know, there's some violent – there's some gory – I mean, it's, it's so over-the-top fake violence, you know, because one guy does – somebody lands on a mine, so, you know, it explodes its – it's kind of like cheesy eighties, okay. <laughs> you know, like uh, explosions. Like, you know, someone landing them on, so it's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Um, but yeah, uh, the Five Bloods definitely watch it. Definitely check it out. If you're a Spike Lee fan like I am, you'll definitely enjoy it um, for sure. And it's different. I mean, it's different than his other movies. But also, um, what I like about directors is that they grow. I mean, they should be like musicians. They should grow with, you know, the more they do, they should be trying to introduce something new into their filmmaking and not just yeah. stay in the same style everything. Like, you know, it's yeah. just, like you got to show me something different. And right. um, Black Klansman, you know, was one thing that where Spike kind of tried something different and I really enjoyed it. And I like that part about it. And I think he really is starting to kind of branch out on this. It, done, it definitely doesn't hurt the film. It helps. Um, it definitely helps, and it definitely, this movie definitely makes you feel something by the time you end up watching it. Maybe not for the individual characters themselves, um, but for the overall theme of the movie, um, we'll definitely, you'll, you'll definitely, kind of feel something in here. So, he says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it resonates. Like, uh, seriously, resonates for for the times we're going through right now." Oh, it's ridiculous! Yeah. Like the timing of this couldn't have been. I don't want to say it couldn't have been better because that sounds terrible because <laughs> it's not a positive thing, but, um, but it is, and it is just, it is just crazy timing. I mean, it's just how it worked out. Yeah. Um, before we get into trailers, um, Chad, we want to be sure you get a chance to talk about, so you've done some work as an, as an extra 
on some TV shows and some stuff. We want we want you kind of to take a chance and talk about um, what all you've been on, what you experienced, anything that you've, um, you know, basically anything you want to share about what you've done um, in well, the movie, movie and or TV world. So. Yeah, well, the thing he mentioned, uh, the, the film um, with Issa Rae in it, um, and I was able to, I, I worked briefly, I was actually in a scene with her on Little the Movie. I don't know if you saw Little the Movie. Um, that also is a movie that's about half an hour too long. You, I thought you watched that, Patrick. That's the one where she, she, when she becomes smaller, like a kid. Yeah, it's like I, the opposite, I haven't watched like that yet. Opposite of, oh, okay. It's like the opposite of Tom Hanks Big, basically. Yeah, or uh, where the, the main actor, she, she's the one that produced it. Right. Yeah, Marcy. Yeah, Marcy. I don't know why is I it, thought you watched that one. It, yeah, it's Mar. It's Marcy Martin, right? It's not Marci. It's Marcy. I think I yeah. can't confirm that. But she's 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 the uh, amazing young actress on Blackish, and uh, she she's awesome. Um, but she and Issa Rae uh, were in the scene. And it's a, a scene where it was actually a reshoot. That movie was done, and I I got an email. Um, they needed you know some bar patrons for this reshoot on the scene, and it was uh, the scene probably three fourths away through the movie where um, they're in the bar and they're trying to out sing each other, out karaoke sing each other with breadsticks. And um, Issa Rae takes my phone. I'm on the phone in the bar. She takes my phone out of my hand, and so that's technically I was I was featured or whatever. Um, they were really nice, and um, we took a picture together. It's on my. Um, I think it's on my Instagram, but uh, she was nice, um, and that was a neat experience. But that was just a one scene, and that was just a reshoot. Um, I did Ozark three. I was a bar patron and a casino patron at Ozark three. I was there for about uh, five days, um, and uh, I actually the, the the highlight of that experience was I I actually was chosen to play piano play uh, be the piano guy for a bar scene and it was a small bar scene it was an add-on to if you saw ozark three they do that little commercial in the beginning about the their the boat um the missouri bell casino boat and it's a commercial i didn't know what it was for but um anyhow i was in this scene there was maybe 10 people in the bar and it was jason bateman and i and i they said they it was a last minute thing like who can play piano and i I raised my hand. I mean, I really can play about seven or eight songs, maybe, but I hadn't played piano in months. Right. I mean, months. And they put me into the stocks. They go in there, and, and Jason, you know, Jason Bateman is a consummate professional. No matter, no, no wonder he won the award for, you know, director. I think it was last year or recently. But um, it was a really cool experience because a very small set, very smooth scene. And I was like, okay, I'll, I was deciding what I was going to play. I was going to play either, uh, okay, I can do John Lennon Imagine. I can play that. I could do Lean yeah. On Me. That's an easy one. Um, and I was th- a third one, and I pulled up Motley Crue, Home Sweet Home. Like, I, I've known that forever from my hair metal, metal days. That's amazing. And so I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, so I get there, and I sit down at the piano, and Jason's like, hey, um, can you, we're going to move the piano around. And I sit down, and I, I go to practice, and, the, and the, the PA says, no, 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 you can't play. You, you just got to wait till we film, and then you can play. So I could what? practice. I hadn't played piano in probably nine or 10 months, almost maybe a year. 
Um, I mean, when I wrote, I, I used to be a marching band director, so I would, I would play piano parts and figure out, you know, all the music parts and arrange that way. But when I sit down and play a song, it's been forever, but I, these are songs I know. So I'm playing Motley Crue, Home Sweet Home, on top of the keys. I can't press down. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Jason Jason Bateman is, like, swirling around me, checking out, like, he and I are the only ones, like, in that area. I'm starting yeah. to break out in a cold sweat. You know, I have to play this exactly. I don't know if they're going to use my music or pipe music in. They probably, you know, I didn't know what right. it was for. Right. So after like 20 minutes of like rehearsal and whatever, I'm not, they don't, you know, he finally says like, okay, picture's up. We're going to do a take. And he, uh, he goes, and action. And no, nobody tells me anything. Nobody tells right, me to play the piano. To play or and, the fake play. Yeah, or yeah. And then he's like, and the piano player is playing. I break into Home Sweet Home like a like a slower, more you know I don't know yeah more emotional version or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we did that for about th- twenty five seconds and cut and he Jason laughed and the the boom grip guy the sound grip guy gave me a fist bump he was like is that Motley Crue dude and he like it was a really cool moment it ended up on the editing room floor because it didn't make oh, that commercial. Man. Um, but it was a really neat experience. Um, and then I was, um, I did a bunch of stuff, but the, the, the one that I'm, that I had the, the most fun was that was fun, but the stranger things three and, um, you know, you, you use the term in film feature lightly, you know, the feature, what do you mean? Well, I'm actually on the screen with the mains and like five shots and I'm, I'm in the theater. I'm sitting, I got moved over and I've got like big, 80s dad coke bottle glasses on my hair <laughs> my hair's moosed up to the sky and i'm i'm sipping a soda and i'm watching the back to the future part you know where they're in the theater yeah and uh, i just i just the planets aligned somehow and i got pulled out by a pa and then um i got pulled into the room and i get and i was sitting in the middle of that row first and they picked me up and they put me over right next to the mains it's a really neat experience and i got to you know, chat briefly with um, some of the characters, you know, Dustin, um, Gatton, you know, and, yeah. and um, um, Maya Hawk, which is, which is um, Uma Thurman and, and Ethan Hawke's daughter. Oh yeah. And um, they're all really nice. It was a fun experience, man. It was, I was just really lucky to, cause the, the whole background acting thing is very random, you know? Yeah. And here I was, I just kept getting picked, you know, I kept getting placed and with the main actors, which doesn't always happen, you know, and no. sometimes you'll go on set two or three days and you won't get picked in anything. And I just have had a lot, a lot of luck and um, right place, right time, maybe the right look, maybe the right face. I don't know. And, um, and then my, my, the hilarious, but ridiculous sequel undercover brother Two, which I'm sure you have not seen it. Um, but I might have actually, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I love the first, yeah. dude. I love the first. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, I yeah. love the first one more the than the first I one is. Should. I love the first one. I mean, Dave Chappelle. I mean, amazing. Same. This one, you know, it's 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 you know, it's it's. There are some moments that made me laugh, but anyhow, the most exciting part was I I didn't know who was in it, and so I go in the scene, and it was, I'm supposed to be a henchman one of the bad guys. And so we put these suits on and these red ties. And the first day I go into this mansion, it's in Sandy Springs, Georgia. And I walk in the room oh, Yeah, that's and, and, and I, I had no idea who's in it. And the man is none other than Barry Bostwick, Brad from the Rocky. Oh Monster yeah. Show. The man, you know, I don't care yeah. about the other TV stuff he did. He's Brad right. from Rocky Horror Picture Show to me. 
Exactly. And there he was. And I was like, what? So I'm, I'm like one of his, you know, one of the man's bad guys standing in the background as he's fumbling <laughs> on him. That was a lot of fun. So anyway, um, those things have been fun. And, and to see, um, to see, you know, people, a lot of people don't know how much goes into a film or a series that works. So when you watch Jason Bateman work and, you know, and I, you're there, you know, there's extras that, you know, if, if check out my, my Sunday's music soapbox uh, episode where I talk about, you know, we talk about Ozark and Stranger Things and things that we saw, the good things and the not so good things. You know, you got people who don't have professional etiquette on set who are extras, you know, who think yeah. it's time to get, try and get an autograph or trying to have their phone out when they're not supposed to. And it's, so um, there's a lot of that, man. And it's, it's surprisingly, you would be, you know, it's, it's some of these people, there's one guy that constantly get, gets kicked off the sets. Yeah. He, he, throw, he throws into a rage or freaks out and they have to toss him off the set. And then you'll see him a couple weeks or months later on another set. And I don't, he hasn't been blacklisted yet. I don't know, you know, where they, where they, you know, take you yeah. off, they put you on a list where oh, they yeah. don't hire you. Right. Is what that term is, but um, I don't know where it came from. But um, it's it's amazing what you see and how much goes into every single detail of everything in Ozark and all those things. And then you you know then you know why being on the inside seeing it why it takes eight or nine months for it to come out. Where everybody's like, yeah. I want Ozark four now, or I want Stranger Things four to come out. You know, it's like you have no idea. That's not how that works. <laughs> the level, you know, all the way down to the catering people you know, to, to the lighting people, to the, the people who drive the buses that drive the extras and actors all around, you know, to the locations. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's wild, but, um, it, I've been very lucky and I'm supposed to be, um, supposed to do stranger things for, and then, you know, that's when uh, quarantine happened. That was supposed to be March 20th. And right before that, they gave us a notice that, uh, we're, we're on hold. So, um, a bitch. <laughs> you know, we'll right. see when it gets back. I'm hoping it gets back going in production um, before, you know, school, you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully in the next month before I've got to be back in Nashville for, for teaching right. and, and other stuff. But uh, I can take a little bit of time off to do that. There you go. We'll see. That'd be nice. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, <laughs> oh man. I, there was something I was going to bring up or ask, but I can't remember which or what it was. Um, Sorry. I talk a lot. No, you're good. Me too. Um, <laughs> but, oh, I think I know. Uh, the So the term blacklist came from the 50s during the McCarthy area where they thought that um, certain writers and or directors or actors were part of the Communist Party and they would get blacklisted hmm. from roles because they thought, because they had been, you know, McCarthy would throw around allegations on whether or not they are part of the Communist Party, blah, blah, blah. So they wouldn't get wow. roles for the longest time or get jobs in Hollywood for the longest time. So that's kind of where that came from eons ago. Um, Furthermore on that, there's a drummer, uh, an incredible, incredible drummer named Vinny Kaluta. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he's, he's this incredible, insane drummer. And he was, he, his style was so different and so unique that at the time when he was coming out and with his, you know, playing and starting to, you know, get more gigs and stuff in the seventies, People didn't understand what the hell he was. He's so complex of what he mm -hmm. was doing. They didn't get it. And he was actually, this, this, the rumor, the story is, the legend is that he was blacklisted. Now, he's, he's one of the greatest drummers in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, several albums with Sting, world tours with Sting. I, you know, just played with Frank Zappa. 
I mean, just an incredible, insane musician and drummer. And he was, from what I understand, he was blacklisted because of his, you know, they didn't understand what the hell he was doing because he was so advanced at that time. Yeah. And uh, now, you know, drumming is caught up and we all know how amazing Vinnie Coyuta is. So, so. anyway. All right. Um, so, real quick, uh, trailers. Um, we've got, if anybody's checked out, the new Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer is out. All yeah. one minute and 45 seconds of it. It's kind of a teaser. Um, I saw it. Yeah. Um, I did too. <sighs> Keanu's I, I, really, I really want to be excited. I'm having a hard time. Keanu, yeah. I, what is it about Keanu? He, he looks like a – he just looks <laughs> odd. He's a, vamp, he's a vampire. That, that, beard, that, beard, that beard hit a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like they, they have his head. It's like you're seeing his, his bald head. Yeah. And then the hair is coming out. Rather than the hair being over his eyes, right. they got they, they, yeah. they did his hair so it, he's looked like he's you know, like he's balding up top. And he's, and I think that's done on purpose to show aging because I guess, I guess. we all know Keanu Reeves, has an, Keanu Reeves has not aged in 20 years. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> meanwhile, Alex Winter has aged, done all the aging for Keanu. <laughs> He is definitely. Yeah. I was like, "Ooh, man, yeah. you, you are not makeup. Looking old. Yeah, it's not makeup. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it is. Like, it's like, a, do I have to go to make her makeup? No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you, got the, you got the perfect look. We're good. A little bit of shine. We'll take care of that, and then we're good. Yeah. But um, I really want to be excited. It's um, you know, like I usually say, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, on yeah. This um then next we have a, a movie or a documentary called dads you know not about the three of us but um bryce dallas howard and uh her dad ron howard you know, a few people may have heard of him um uh did a documentary about basically or basically about fatherhood and they interview celebrity you know they i think the correct what i read was um it's a humorous look at fatherhood from funny people, namely Will Smith. I'm like, that's not who I would go to as a funny man, like the first name. But then it goes like Jimmy Fallon, Neil Patrick Harris, and then like on and on. I'm like, I mean, Will Smith can be funny, but I don't think of him as a funny man um, right. when I'm thinking of, you know, funny people. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, all right, this looks like it'll be cute. Um that's going to be made available on Apple TV for those that are paying for that. Um, next is feel the beat, which I will be watching because it'll be on Netflix for one thing Two, it's about competition dancing. So I'll be watching that with Grayson because I showed her the trailer for it and she looks interested. Plus it also stars um, one of the girls from the, from the uh, descendants movies which she will not stop watching. So I will be watching that with her and I'll get back to everybody on that movie. <laughs> Lucky <All right>. me. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, coming to Amazon prime is a movie called 7,500. It's a uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett movie where he plays a pilot that gets hijacked. And um, yeah, and that's pretty much all it tells you. Not tell you much. So he plays the pilot of a airplane that gets hijacked. So I guess they're trying to 
keep the plot uh, hush hush. Yeah. Get people to watch it. <laughs> and that's what we got on trailers. So, yeah, exciting. Not so much. Um, Patrick, I'm going to try and rent the hunt this week because not much else out. So, try and get around to watching it. It's at Redbox. I'm going to try and watch it. And then I'm going to try and, and then Chad, I'll try and watch the uh, Michael Hundreds uh, documentary. Yeah. I'm just, I'm definitely going to check out, check out the Spike Lee uh, movie maybe tonight. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, bro, it's, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be kind of heavy to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah. But you got to be in the mood for stuff, you know. That, I'm always and like that's that what too. I tried telling Patrick. I go, bro, I wasn't in the mood for it, but I watched it anyways. Yeah. Because um, honestly, I couldn't find really anything funny. Like, I was like, need something funny, kind of lighthearted. I don't even care if it's like a cheesy romance movie. Yeah. But then I saw that Spy came out with this new one. I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, you know, desperate enough to watch the uh, Star Wars prequels again, but um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Well, well but, see, I, like I said, I wasn't really planning to talk about it, but, but I only had one movie, so I said, eh, I just finished this, so I'll, I'll bring that up. You're a brave soul, and we appreciate you. And just know that you are loved, okay? You don't have to do this. We <laughs> There are people out there that do love you. <laughs> No, good to know. <laughs> if you decide to move to the Mummy trilogy, just watch the first two, okay? Oh yeah, that's that's all I've seen. <laughs> that's all, that's all seen. you need to see. I've yeah. seen the third one. I somewhere somewhere in my brain, I think there's a fourth one, but I know there's not. But I still seem to think there's like a fourth Mummy movie. Oh, I know. I there technically technically there is. There's the Jet Li one, the Dragon one. I forgot what it's called. Mummy something something Dragon. Yeah, um, that was the third one of the Brenda Fraser iteration. Yeah, I red boxed that one, and I'm even sad that I red boxed it. <laughs> and then I watched the course, and then I guess technically the Tom Cruise one. But yeah, oh god, that movie's so bad, so bad. But see, I think with that one, they were trying to. I haven't seen it yet, but I think the big thing when they were trying to do their dark universe. Yeah. Instead yeah. of instead of waiting to see how this went and just making it a good movie. Dude, okay. that's the movie I wish they would put on Netflix so we could do the watch party. Yeah. Instead, we had to find something else. So, <laughs> again, one more time for our listeners, please recommend something on Netflix for us to kind of watch and mock together so we can do a watch party, okay? So, we're otherwise, you're going to get stuck with whatever Patrick and I choose, and then you'll be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Ruth will be uh, happy to come over and make you a Moscow meal. <laughs> help get you through it. <laughs> make it all better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Patrick, you got anything else? Mm. No. I'm dry over here, man. Yeah, I think I'm good, too. Chad, again, tell people where they can find you, where to find your podcast, all that stuff. Yeah, Sunday Music Soapbox is on Anchor. Uh, of course, iTunes. Spotify again. Anchor is the best because you get the music samples and stuff, and they have clearance for a lot of music samples. So I like to listen to it on Anchor. Uh, but and then uh, cpdrumming.com and uh, cpdrumming on Instagram. Sweet, Chad. Thank you for joining us. We uh, we had a blast. 
right, Patrick? Thank, yeah, thanks. For, I got it. You know, I'm looking at that Moscow Mule. I'm 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 out here, Bro. so I'm, I'm gonna have to <laughs> have to be in house sometime. Yep, definitely. My wife will be more than happy to make you one. Grace and uh, Grace and my help. How she won't. She'll draw you something. How about that? She'll just be yeah. the manager. I mean, keep yeah. an eye on everybody. Uh, she'll be the manager. You'll be able to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> she gets it wrong. <laughs> oh mercy. Yeah, man. Hit me up whenever you get back in, and we'll uh, we'll try and make something happen. Right on. So, all right, man. Well, for all of us here at uh, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, myself, Jeff Hall, and Patrick Terry, and all the way from Brunswick, Georgia, Chad Page. Nice to meet you, by the way, Patrick. Nice to meet you too. Awesome. Yeah. Look at that. We're all making friends. <laughs> <laughs> we hope everybody has a good week, and we pray that nothing else ridiculous happens this week. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy watching some movies. Um, at the end of this episode, I am dropping a fresh new beat that I actually made that Grayson made. Okay. Grayson provided the tracks. I provided the, well, okay. Garage man providing the music and, um, it's more just because it amused me. I'm going to share it with the world. Um, cool. Y'all have a good week. Talk to you. All right. You too. You too. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, hands, hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, hands, hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.